This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker. I'm joined by my partner in crime, Evan Birchfield. Evan, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, DW. Is your voice raspy because you were screaming <laughs> yes, for the last couple is. hours? <laughs> <laughs> Between the Braves win on Saturday night and, of course, this crazy game against the Dolphins, uh, my voice is a little bit worn out. Hopefully you guys can put up with this for uh, 30 minutes as we recap it. Um, yeah, uh, as as you noted, this was a Falcons win, of course, in the most Falcony style possible. <laughs> <laughs> they did go down to Miami and beat the hapless Dolphins 30 to 28. Um, it did take a Matt Ryan fourth quarter comeback, which incidentally, uh, as Dave Choate has just put on the Falcoholic site, uh, ties him with John Elway, Hall of Fame quarterback John Elway, for seventh all-time in game-winning drives. Um, so that obviously is one of the highlights of this game, but let's get into the specifics. Um, Evan, for the first time in a long time, I think since the Falcons were 1-1 one one in 2019, they are at 500 at 3-3. Three and three. Um, They face a uh, Panthers team next week that just lost to the uh, – the New York Giants, 25 to three. Um, something else happened in that game as well. Do you want to tell us what the uh, what the Panthers did in that game that stands out to you? <laughs> that the Panthers did? Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't really watch the... Oh, oh the, I thought you posted... No, you know, it wasn't you that posted it. It was. Oh, like, no, I, I, I saw the, uh, the highlight, but I didn't really see why, but Sam Darnold got benched. That was the biggest <laughs> takeaway. Um, uh, P.J. Walker... Uh, former XFL player, um, and I believe he was um, a college quarterback for uh, the Panthers coach uh, at Temple. So maybe that's why he's like the next guy up. But yeah, they benched Sam Darnold. Um, so, you know, it's kind of up in the air who the Falcons will actually be playing. <laughs> yeah, they. I think the head coach did say that Darnold would be the starter next week. So mm-hmm. Um, we will be facing a quarterback that they benched during a game against the Giants. Um, mm. Do with that what you will. But right now, the only team uh, of the the uh, Falcons, the Panthers, and the Saints that beat the Giants was the Falcons. So, <laughs> oh my word that that is not a statistic I thought we would see um, coming into this game. But we're we're not here to talk about the Panthers. We're here to talk about the Falcons. Who are now three and three. The Dolphins moved to one and six. They have now lost six games in a row. Um, mm. Just absolutely brutal. And to be honest, I, I don't, you know, people had asked me this week. I was asked yesterday on 92.9 about Tua. And I'll be honest, and, uh, you know, I'd be curious to hear what you say. I, I don't think the problem in Miami is, is Tua. Like he, he had an exceptional game. Of course, you know, facing off against the Falcons defense will do that for you. Um, mm. but you know, Tua was certainly, uh, I think more than capable of, of giving this team a win. They, they just, uh, they got taken down by a Matt Ryan fourth quarter comeback and the emergence of one key player on offense next to him. Um, so Evan, what is your general takeaway from this game and, uh, who stands out to you as, as some of the key guys who, who delivered this win for the Falcons? Uh, my general takeaway is neither team wanted to win it was a battle of (laughs) of who would screw up trying to lose um no but seriously it was kind of sloppy for both teams um Mm -hmm. even though the stats won't necessarily back that up like overall matt ryan had a solid day Tua had a solid day statistically um but i don't think either one walks away going yeah that was a great game for me um right 
and then, you know, I think also on the ground, um, the Falcons struggled a lot. Uh, Cordero Patterson, you know, had the best day, but I, I was really let down by Mike Davis. I thought this might be his best game of the season just based on the matchup. Right. And he only got four carries, so it's not like he got a ton of volume, but he didn't do anything with those carries, um, averaging two and a half yards per carry. He was pretty much an afterthought. And, you know, he's been kind of reliable, um, you know, this year, like his his ceiling and floor have been kind of well known. But this game was definitely his worst of the season, which really surprised me. Yeah. Um, and it looks like at this point, I think it's fair to say that Cordero Patterson has moved mm-hmm. to the top running back. On well, the, roster. The, the most notable thing for me was there at the end when it was like they really needed um you know, a touchdown there at the goal line, you would think Mike Davis would, you know, be a good goal line back, at least coming in this season. That's something you'd probably bet on, but it was Patterson who they actually went to when it was on obvious running play at the goal line. Uh, Cordero Patterson was the back. So yeah, yeah, I think going forward, um, you know, it's safe to say he's RB one for the Falcons. Yeah. And, and that's one of the big developments clearly, but I think for me, the standout in this game was, um, uh, the second consecutive explosive game from Kyle Pitts, mm-hmm. who had uh, eight targets, seven receptions, 163 yards, no touchdowns yeah. uh, in the game, but averaged almost you know a little over 23 yards per catch, which is ridiculous. Um, so on that note, let's talk about the offense. So Evan, why don't you give us a rundown of the stats of what the Falcons did offensively today? Yeah, so Matt Ryan, 25 on 40 attempts, 336 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. His pass rating was 95.4. You know, solid day for Matt Ryan. Um, On the ground, as I mentioned, it wasn't that great. Mike Davis, four carries, 10 yards. Uh, Cordero Patterson had an okay day um, by his standards. 14 carries, 60 yards, and one touchdown. Um, Not really used through the air. He only had two catches for one yard. Um, I believe it was like a screen pass too, which went nowhere. So yeah, Patterson uh, was pretty much just a running back today. Um, (laughs) Through the air though, uh, as you mentioned, Kyle Pitts, seven receptions, 163 yards, 39 uh, long reception. Uh, His catches were pretty crazy, um, well covered, but he was making them um, anyways, you know, well-placed ball by Matt Ryan and stuff, but he he had another like one-handed catch, which was pretty good. Um, so very excited to see what Pitts' future is like, but yeah, back to back hundred yard days. Um, you know, who knows what the ceiling is going to be for him. Oh, uh, nice. Russell Gage had a very long 49 yard touchdown. Um, he finished today with uh, four receptions, 67 yards in that touchdown. Um, good to see him back in action. Uh, Hayden Hurst played a little bit three receptions, 35 yards. Um, Calvin Ridley actually led the day with 10 targets, but only caught four of them. Uh, for 26 yards and a touchdown, one of which of um, his drops, I guess, technically is uh, was an interception. Um, I think it was Xavier Howard who kind of rolled over him and just had yes. a ball sitting on his stomach. It was the weirdest Matt Ryan interception ever. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ridley did score that touchdown, but I, something's off. Like, I, I know yeah. he missed time yeah. with um, he was dealing with mental uh health or whatever at least that was um, a report it, just to be clear right. that, was, that was a report from uh um ian rapaport rapaport yeah um, so, so we haven't had any confirmation of that and we probably won't get any confirmation of that just to be clear right and not to say that's affecting his football play 
but he just doesn't seem himself. Um, he, I, I don't know. It, it's something's going on there, but it's in like those situations where you have to like muscle the ball away and he did it. And we've seen him, you know, in other games this year, kind of shy away from contact and stuff. Um, yeah, just, I don't know. I mean, that touchdown is going to make everybody feel a little better about him, but he hasn't had a great season so far. Yeah. And, and actually I think, um, you know, we still have a lot of football left to play 11 games. Um, and I've had people ask me this week, whether on radio or other podcasts, am I concerned about Calvin Ridley? And I, I you know, I basically said, no, I think he's going to bounce back. I think he's going to bounce back. I really think, you know, this guy's a top receiver. He's going to bounce back. Um, I'm officially worried. Uh, I, I think we're at the point now where he just is not getting it into gear. And this is after six games, you know, seven weeks, six games. Um, as you mentioned, 10 targets and only four receptions. That is, that's alarming. Um, mm-hmm. And that Matt Ryan interception, I think, I think you can make a strong case that it shouldn't have been a Matt Ryan interception. Um, that was a, a case where, you know, that ball uh, was in Ridley's hands and, you know, again, it, he just didn't secure it and it's, uh, it's going to go against Ryan, but I think it's another play where, you know, Ridley was sort of at fault for that one. And honestly, I've been a little bit frustrated and I feel like this offense could be so much better, except our receivers are dropping balls. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Russell Gage had a, a key drop uh, in the game that probably would have gone for a first down. And this is sort of the story right now with the Falcons guys that we thought were going to light it up. Uh, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage have been virtual non-factors this year on offense. And, you know, obviously Ridley had the touchdown, so I'm not trying to take that away from him, but for most of the season, he's been a, mostly a non-factor. And the same is true with Russell Gage, who is really, you know, until today, you know, he, he's been injured, but, you know, this is uh, his best performance today uh, of the season. It was 67 yards. You know, he did have that touchdown. It was, you know, w- most of it came on that one chunk play of 49 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, this offense is going through Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts. Yeah, <laughs> just as we all predicted. Just as we all predicted, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to say, I, I think for the overwhelming majority of the game, Matt Ryan was, again, very sharp. His deep ball was uh, on point. You know, that pass uh, to Kyle Pitts was in the perfect spot. And, of course, Kyle Pitts made an amazing catch uh, with mm-hmm. one hand yet again. And good vision seeing Russell Gage wide open. Yep, and hit him perfectly in stride for that touchdown. Um, I think Matt Ryan is playing some of his best football right now. And, you know, these stats are, are great, but I think the game would show you that they're even better than what you see here. Um, even though he does have that one interception, again, I, I don't think – that was his fault. The fumble. No. The fumble. If you watch game. it in slow motion, it was kind of funny because Ridley, oh, like, it was... it's in super slow motion, so you can't blame anybody. But Ridley's hand is basically just pushing the ball into. Right. <laughs> I think it was Xavier Howard with that interception. So he was basically just shoving the ball to him. Um, just a fluke. Yeah, that that's not on Matt Ryan. It was it was kind of a drop that just resulted in an interception. Yeah, yeah, and you know it. Uh, we'll probably talk about Calvin Ridley more in a future podcast because I think it is a topic that needs to be talked about. Um, I know a lot of fans are getting very concerned about this, you know, these first six games. Um, our own Aaron Freeman wrote an article about Ridley and he brought up some good points saying that, you know, the way w- that uh, Arthur Smith has been using Ridley does not necessarily play to his strengths. Um, 
However, at the same time, we're seeing Ridley uh, sort of s- struggling to consistently catch the ball mm-hmm. this year. And it was, See, and I think that, yeah, oh, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say, I think that's the frustrating part is if, if Ridley, ha- if we just saw Ridley for what he is this season, it's like, okay, he's a good receiver, but we've seen him be capable of being like a top 10 receiver in the NFL. And that's why this is all frustrating because we know what he's capable of and it's just not happening right now. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, this is, um, it was nice to see the Falcons win and go on the road and win. And I know many people think they should have, you know, beat the, the Dolphins handily. Uh, <laughs> I th- we'll talk about the defense in the second half, um, but scoring 30 points. So now in three straight games, the Falcons scored 30 uh, 27 and 30. It really looks like this offense is starting to kick in the gear. And that is without some key guys contributing uh, on a consistent basis. So uh, this, I, I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about where the Falcons offense is going, but there are some key guys that right now I'm not as optimistic about. I'm a little concerned. Um, anything else, uh, Evan, you want to point out on offense before we sort of get into the most painful aspect of this game? <laughs> uh no, I think we pretty much covered it well. Um, I mean, I, I was, you know, I, I feel good about what we're seeing from Matt Ryan though, overall. I think for the majority of his passes are accurate. There's been a ton of drops. The stats, you know, are going to make it seem like he's like, you know, 25 of 40 isn't exactly screaming accuracy, but there's been a ton of drops. Um, yeah. But yeah, so far this season, I like what I'm seeing from Matt Ryan, especially over this uh you know, three game stretch. Yeah, this uh, I'll be curious to see how much he gets docked by PFF for the fumble when he was scrambling. Mm-hmm. Um, and clearly, you know, in that situation, we can't have the fumble, but you know, the, the Falcons were trying, he was trying to make something happen because but he's also not a running back, <laughs> right? He's not running back. Um, and it, when the play breaks down so badly that, you know, R- Matt Ryan has decided the best thing for it is for him to run it. Something has gone horribly, horribly wrong. And, <laughs> and that is what happened. So not a perfect game for Ryan, but I, 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 I would still contend a very, very good one. And of course, another fourth quarter comeback that started with, again, his deep pass to, uh, Kyle Pitts, and in, in fact, two of them on that drive that put the Falcons in uh, field goal range for Young Way Koo to, to seal the win at the end. Um, so I think overall, you, you got to look at this offense and think, okay, um, if they keep doing this, they're going to be in contention in most games. Um, however, the other side of the ball is concerning. And on top of that, we've got some injuries we have to talk about. So, but before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down. We break down who will be cutting. Cut! What are you two doing? 
Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. I'm with Evan Birchfield. and recapping the Falcons' win against the Miami Dolphins 30-28 in Week 7 of the 2021 NFL season. We've talked about the Falcons' offense Let's talk about what the defense did or what they didn't do. Maybe a better way to say it. Um, the Dolphins came into this game having not scored more than 21 points um, for most of the season. They only did it once. They did it in week three against the Raiders when they scored 28 points. Uh, they scored 28 points today. Uh, one of the key guys that we sort of were all keying in on um, that our own Eric Robinson said, you know, terrified him was uh, Mike uh, Gusecki. And for good reason, as we saw in this game, uh, and on top of that, you know, many of us thought, okay, you know, Tua is a decent quarterback. Um, he's not a guy that's going to take over. But I think this was a game where maybe he came in with a sense of, you know, a chip on his shoulder because of all the rumors that Miami was, you know, still in talks with uh, the, the, the Houston Texans about trading for uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, and it feels like Tua – like wore that as a badge of honor to try uh, to show that he should be their franchise quarterback going forward. Um, mm-hmm. So before we dive into the, what their offense did against our defense, can you give us a quick recap of what the foul, uh, what the Dolphins offense did in this game? Yeah. So to, uh, as you said, he had a solid day, uh, 32 on 40 uh, attempts, 291 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions, 109.5 passer rating. Um, I haven't watched a lot of Tua in general, um, obviously, but he uh, he looked good. Um, yeah, I think going forward, if you haven't been already, um, if you in fantasy football, if you're in need of a quarterback, just let whoever's playing the Falcons because they're probably <laughs> you know it pains me to say even in a Falcons win, uh, you know the opposing quarterbacks having a really good day so. Um, just some advice there on the ground, uh, miles Gaskin, 15 carries 67 yards. Um, he had a receiving touchdown, um, which he had four, four receptions and 10 yards. Um, I was wondering if they were going to unleash him because the dolphins in the past have struggled for some reason with using him. Uh, and I think they were forced to, because Malcolm Brown left with a, uh, I believe it was a quad injury early in the game. So we didn't see a lot of him. Um, but yeah, as you said, Mike Jacecki, uh, seven receptions, 85 yards, touchdown. Um, seemed like he was wide open a ton for some reason, and I'm not sure why. Um, yeah. But he uh, he's very talented tight end. Uh, Jalen Waddle coming into the game, he was like one of the other big uh, receiving options to keep an eye on. He had seven receptions, 83 yards, almost the same exact stats, but he didn't score. Um, and that's pretty much it for the Dolphins' offense. Um, 
it was kind of like a two-man show <laughs> well aside <laughs> from two i guess you could say a three-man show yeah and it's frustrating when you see guys with you know that would never show up on the radar uh normally making big plays like you know Smythe. I'm like who mm-hmm. is this guy uh and you know that's sort of the story now with the falcons but you know, coming in, we felt like, okay, the Falcons may have a rough game because they were missing Dante Fowler, who was on injured reserve. And during the game, the Falcons did suffer several key injuries. Um, early on, it looked like they had lost Terrell, and later on, it looked like he, uh, he, he was taken out for a head injury. Um, we don't know. I think they said it was a, ultimately a neck, a neck. injury. Yeah. yeah. So probably no concern about a concussion there, but he did end up leaving the game. Eric Harris may be the more significant injury here. Um, he's been one of our better coverage guys. And uh, with Harris, I think, I think you were commenting on that as well. Um, it looked like he was holding his wrist, but mm-hmm. the, the injury came back, I believe, as a shoulder. Is that right? Yeah, um, and I am not a doctor. Let me put that out there. But I've seen enough shoulder dislocations. Usually when someone dislocates their shoulder, um, they'll grab their wrist because you right. can't feel anything in your shoulder. So to stabilize your arm, they typically grow, uh, grab their wrist. And that's what it looked like. He came in, uh, on the play. He came in trying to stop Tua um, from getting the first down. And it was a big hit, but Tua, you know, basically spun off of it. But instantly you could see um, Eric Harris was in a ton of pain. And yeah, seeing him walk off the way he was, uh, I would say shoulder dislocation, but you know, I'm again, I'm no doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So those are injuries to watch um, as we go into next week against the Panthers. Um, clearly losing two starters uh, during the game. And I believe Fabian Moreau also got injured. I can't remember if he actually ended up staying out in this game. Um, but that is a good portion of the Falcons' secondary, a secondary that already lost Isaiah Oliver for the season. Um, where Avery Williams, who was the backup to Isaiah Oliver, was already out. Um, if Terrell and Harris and Moreau miss time, um, this Falcons secondary is going to be in bad, bad shape. We're going to be literally starting rookies uh, at corner and guys who are undrafted free agents. Um, so I suspect we will see uh, a lot more of Jalen Hawkins, who did have an interception, a, a fantastic interception that killed one of the Dolphins drives early on. Uh, I think we'll see a lot more of Jalen Hawkins. And uh, as we saw today, we saw a lot more of Richie Grant as well. In fact, he had some good plays in this game. So uh, yeah, right now the Falcons defense is a problem. We knew going in, they were a problem. Like I don't think anyone came, coming into this game thought, Hey, the Falcons can show that they're a good defense. Like no one was making that case. Right. <laughs> and after losing your best pass rusher, and losing several of your starters during the game, when you do that to a bad defense, they become even worse, and you give up 28 points to the Dolphins. Mm. Um, so I feel like you know fans are rightly frustrated with the performance they saw from the Falcons' defense. Um, ultimately, the Falcons won. They overcame it, but I, I do think it raises some concerns going mm. forward if these guys can't get healthy. And, and seeing what we've seen in the, you know, in the couple weeks we've, actually seen Falcons football this year it seems like the winning script for them is the offense has to be on their shit um because if they're not this game's over the defense literally just has to do enough to keep because because as you said like they're not a dominating defense they're one of the worst statistically like across the board but if they're able to do enough like they did today get a couple turnovers here and there like Jalen Hawkins and Foy Lucan had 
Um, those are game changers. Uh, I mentioned it on Twitter. Um, when Jalen Hawkins had that interception before halftime, um, the Falcons were, you know, <laughs> looking at going down. Um, let me just pull it up real quick. Uh, yeah, they were about to be le- uh, losing to the Dolphins 14 to 10 heading into halftime. Yep. And then the Jalen Hawkins interception happened. And instead, the Falcons were up 20 to seven by the time the Dolphins got the ball because the Falcons got it um, after halftime and scored a touchdown. And then Miami got the ball. So, I mean, you're talking about a huge swing in the game right there, just by one interception. If Jalen Hawkins drops that ball and Miami, Miami ends up scoring anyways. I mean, that's a totally different ball game. Um, But that's what I'm saying is like, you don't, they don't have to be dominant. It's just those opportunities like that. uh, Don't screw them up. If you're able to get an interception, don't drop it. Um, and that's yeah. kind of what you saw today. Yep. And, and in some of the earlier games, we saw where they had opportunities for those interceptions and were dropping them. Exactly. And I think you can make the case that uh, in those early games, had they made those plays like they did today, and as you mentioned, like they did against the Jets, um, the Falcons are probably already above 500, um, mm-hmm. you know, especially against Washington as a key example. Um, so, you know, this season's going to be partly defined by. Uh, what the defense can do to limit the damage uh, that the other offense is going to do. Cause it feels like right now they just, they don't have enough pieces on defense to, to field a, even just a decent defense. Like right now, I think this, the ceiling for the talent on defense is going to be like, you know, mediocre. Um, and that's when they're everyone's healthy and they're, you know, they're playing their best football. When you start losing guys and you start going down into your un- unproven depth you're going to get games like this where the Falcons literally have to rely on, on Matt Ryan nailing passes downfield to Kyle Pitts uh, with two minutes left in order for them to secure the win. Like that's, that's what it's going to take. Um, and that's, that's, you know, some of you have given us a hard time about saying, Hey, I don't think the Falcons are a playoff team. Um, this is why, like, I, I, I think the Falcons can still get close to 500. I think the offense is clicking in a way that gives me a ton, a ton of faith that, We've got the right head coach. He's got the right plan in place. But this defense with their talent issues and what happened today um, is a problem. And, you know, it, it's, I think it's going to be uh, a problem going forward for us of the season. Now, you know, they've got Sam Darnold next week. Are they going to make him look like a Pro Bowl quarterback like they have every single quarterback that they've faced? <laughs> um, maybe. Probably. Like, probably. <laughs> uh, and, Right now, if you told me the Falcons are going to spend every last draft pick in the 2022 draft class on on the defense, I would not bat an eye. I would not hesitate. Like that would be to me just fine. Spend everything on defense in this next draft class. They have so many issues. Um, And yet I, I do want to point out there were several key guys that I felt like played well through most of this game. I think the standout was Deion Jones. Uh, he had 11 tackles, 15 total. Um, he had a sack that uh, set them back 10 yards, uh, three tackles for loss. Um, Foye Luokun. And here's the thing. Jones and Luokun have not been playing really well this year. This felt like a turnaround game for them. Luokun mm-hmm. had the interception, as you mentioned earlier, which he returned. It was a massive return. I think it, uh, he put the Falcons. Yeah, basically uh, in red zone. In the red zone, yeah. Um, Eric Harris, I thought, was playing well until he went out. Mm-hmm. Grady Jarrett was, again, he was constantly in the backfield, um, which I thought would happen. He had two quarterback hits on the day. Uh, and then Jalen Hawkins with another interception. And, and Hawkins had an up-and-down game. Uh, he, he certainly had 
you know, some penalties that, that hurt the, the team a little bit later. But I would say in total, you know, there, there were some good plays from some of our younger players. So it's not that the defense is completely lacking in talent. They just have too many holes to be consistently reliable. Is I, I just think that's where they're at right now. Yeah, and they're super raw, too. There's a lot of inexperience on this defense. Oh, yeah. Um, there's not, like, a lot of veterans um, who are out there. I mean, Dante Fowler's technically a veteran by these standards, and he's on IR. Yeah. Um, so you've got, like, a lot of young pass rushers. I mean, early on, you kind of saw it where uh, they had Chris Williamson basically shadowing Jalen Waddle, yeah. and that turned out to be a bad idea very quickly. So they brought in Richie Grant, who's, you know, a rookie. <laughs> that's what but, our depth is at this point. And when he, they do the better job. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying is like, that's where our depth is right now, where you're going from young player to young player, um, which, you know, the, the goal is that the other young player does better, but you never know. Cause it, it's a lot, there are a lot of inexperienced players and they're gaining experience. Yeah. But that's, what's going to make it tough on defense. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, and you know, one thing I want to point out as well, um, even though it wasn't on defense, um, Addy Ogundeji with the blocked um, yeah. field goal. How big was that? You know, the Falcons win 30 <laughs> to 28. Yeah. Um, and you have a block field goal uh, in the mix with that. And a uh, great, great play by him. He actually did a great job of, of reading what the offensive, uh, the, uh, the, the blocking was doing up front and just uh, took advantage of it to make that play. So, um, yeah, a lot of our young guys are stepping up. They're inconsistent. Uh, they're giving up plays at times and, and sometimes in the most frustrating ways. But I am still a believer that there's a lot of young talent here. They're just not, they're not bringing it together yet. And they need to fill some key gaps. They've got to fix the pass rush. It can't just be, you know, Grady Jarrett. Uh, I, I do think Ogan Deji could develop over time. But again, this right now, this defense is going to be an issue. I think it's going to be an issue for the rest of the season. And not to put a damper on this, you know, I'm, I'm very pleased that the Falcons won. I did think it was going to be a close game personally. I never thought it was going to be a blowout, um, but you know, it, it was dolphins and they're not, they're just not a good team offensively. So yeah, a little bit of a, a sour taste from, from the defense today. One last thing I want to point out because this is pretty notable from um, ESPN. Kyle Pitts is the first rookie tight end with back-to-back 100 plus yard receiving games since uh, the Raiders Raymond Chester in 1970. 1970. So we're talking about even born. (laughs) I wasn't, I wasn't either. I'm so happy. I could put myself in that list as well. You Um, youngin. Yeah. So old. (laughs) Uh, So that includes like guys like Rob Gronkowski, Tony Gonzalez, um, you know, the whole kit and caboodle, man. Some of the greatest tight ends to play in the NFL have never done this before. Kyle Pitts now, in the record books in an incredibly special way with his 163 receiving yards today. Again, just a monstrous day from uh, the rookie tight end. And honestly, I saw someone say this earlier. I feel like unicorn isn't even a good enough moniker for him now. What he did today was just so special. Uh, What Mm -hmm. a player. So I want to end on a positive note um, because, you know, we sort of beat up on the defense rightfully so. Um, But let's just bask in, like what Kyle Pitts is turning into um, seven receptions, 163 yards, 23.3 average, including two massively critical catches in the fourth quarter drive uh, that turned into the game winning field goal from young way Uh, Just an amazing, amazing game from Kyle Pitts. 
And for those who had decided to bench him in fantasy because of the slow start, uh, <laughs> they're probably hating themselves right now, aren't they, Evan? Uh, well, I, I, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I warn people like before the Jets game, I was like, there's, they have no Calvin Ridley. Like they're going to have, and there's no Russell Gage. They have to throw to somebody. So if you don't have Kyle Pitts, trade for him immediately because right. once he has a dominant game, you're not going to be able to get him again. And that's what we've got now. He in, against the Gents, uh, 27.9 fantasy points against the Dolphins, 24.3. It looks like that's never going back down. Um, he's nope. a focal point of this offense now. Um, he's got 10 tar- or 18 targets over the last two games. Um, as you mentioned, two back-to-back 100-plus uh, yard days. He uh, is everything we hoped he would be. Um, it took a little bit for it to and hit. Maybe more. Maybe yeah, more. maybe more. I mean, I, I'm impressed by the catches he's making um, and how easy he's making them. It's, it's really bizarre. Like if he, if he was literally just a receiver, I, you know, it'd still be impressive. But the fact that he's a tight end doing this stuff, um, he's running, you know, ahead of safeties and corners and stuff like it's crazy. <laughs> it's it it really is it's special um what we're seeing now uh he's got let's see here he came into the game with 308 yards so this puts him uh at a hundred what 400 uh almost 470 yards 471 yards on the season um there's a very real possibility he breaks a thousand yards in his rookie year uh which will be unbelievable um what's even more impressive is you and i had talked about evan on our preview was the Dolphins actually have a very good secondary. Like, I don't want to, um, you know, discount them too much. Their defense, they've got two really good corners. They've got some good safeties back there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like, and they knew, they knew Kyle Pitts was going to be a problem, and, and they still couldn't consistently stop him. I think that just says so much about who Kyle Pitts is and uh, what he can mean to this team going forward. So, Yeah. Let's finish it on that note because that, that, you know, it was a win. Falcons are at 500, three and three for the first time since the beginning of 2019. Let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, it, it was frustrating. It gave me like 15 heart attacks in the process. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to enjoy this one. Also, so, shout out to Young Way Koo with the game yes, winner. I don't even think we mentioned that yet. Yeah. I, it was a absolutely. chip shot, but still, like, I would have cried if you would have missed that because it's just, the Falcon, you know, seeing something poetic about seeing Matt Ryan drive the Falcons downfield with less than two minutes to go. Um, yeah. And then seeing it topped off with a field goal. I mean, again, like, are we going to be over the moon predicting the Falcons win the Super Bowl because they beat the Giants, Jets, and Dolphins? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but <laughs> you could say those are games they should win. But at the same time, I mean, they're 500. They have a better record than the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and the difference between us and the Chiefs are the Chiefs thought they could go to the Super Bowl. Um, realistically, we knew we wouldn't go to the Super Bowl. This is a team that's rebuilding um, and, and growing towards the future. And I think we're seeing the right pieces that are standing out. So, yeah, 100 percent. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I, like, I'm in a good mood. Yeah. Uh, and as you mentioned, uh, another great note to finish on Young Way Koo with a 36 yard field goal to, to seal the win for the Falcons. Um, it's so amazing that, you know, we went from one great kicker in Matt Bryant to this one who now has become, you know, very clutch and, and basically automatic inside of, 
you know, mm-hmm. 45 yards. So uh, great, great game from him as well. Thanks for pointing that, that out. That ESPN article thought um, that may be a trade target. The Falcons send in young way somewhere. That yeah. ain't happening. No, we got to keep that, him. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. We that ain't keep ever him. happening. <laughs> <laughs> Without young way uh, this is probably a loss. So yeah, it, the fans would literally riot. There's no <laughs> chance of that happening. <laughs> the legend of Young Waiku is too great in Atlanta for him to go anywhere at this right. point. Um, absolutely. All right, Evan, it was a fun one. Uh, yes. Remind our listeners where they can find you, what you've got going on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Evan Birchfield. You can find me at The Falcoholic, um, usually doing injury reports and stuff. Let me plug the Facebook page, um, The Falcoholic, and the Instagram page, The Underscore uh falcolic and uh yeah thanks for uh listening and we'll be back next week with the doll uh, not the dolphins the panthers yep the we will be at home falcons will be at home again uh for the second time uh even though technically they've had thir- three home games i believe or no third time anyhow um yeah at, at this point I, I i've lost track of what actually counts as a home game for the falcons <laughs> all right uh as for me guys uh you can follow yeah, me on wait, twitter that's the falcons first home game since week four that's crazy yeah wow. if you don't count london which i yeah. don't because you know that's not a home game that's not that's a home a, game in my eyes that's an nfl game i mean there was a ton of falcons fans there don't let me insult you london uh oh no no fans, yeah but 100 but that's i mean technically playing in atlanta it's been since week four that's yeah. crazy yep so we'll be back in the bend since uh, week four um all right as for me guys you can follow me on twitter at falcoholic dw updates for this podcast at falcoholic pod and of course our articles daily at falcoholic.com so for evan birchfield this is david walker thank you guys for listening in we'll talk with you next time